Welcome to Today Forward, a teaching ministry to help you begin living a life of victory starting today. Scripture says, forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead. As you hear the Word of God and receive your own understanding, you'll become equipped to put the past behind you and move today forward. And now here's Terry and Mitch. Prayer. That's what we're going to be discussing today. We're going to try to give folks an understanding of what prayer truly is. What we're wanting to convey is that the Lord is wanting to strengthen us. He's wanting to give us courage. He's wanting to give us comfort. He's wanting to build us up through prayer so we can overcome the adversities of life and have communion with God. So we're going to touch on those subjects. Mitch, you know, I've thought a lot about prayer over the years, even in the last year or two, and and sometimes we get confused as to what prayer is and what it isn't and and why do I pray and all of these things. And um, I was kind of at a loss as to what prayer really was all about and how to go about it. We're always in this process of growing in the Lord, getting more understanding on how to pray, a better way to pray. But it all evolves around that relationship with your Heavenly Father. Yes, it does. And that's what we're wanting to convey to the people today, that it does revolve around communion and relationship with the Father. Jesus, as we see through the Scriptures, and we'll go through these Scriptures, is teaching us how to pray, how to overcome adversity. And that's why we pray a lot of times. And we'll see the the reasons why we pray as we go along and study. And I think we're going to start in... uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. 6, verse 5. Chapter 5 and 6 and 7 are the Sermon on the Mount. The Lord has just taught the Beatitudes in chapter 5, and now they've asked him, how do we pray? What he was doing through the Beatitudes with chapters 5, 6, and 7 is he's introducing a new way of thinking, how we deal with relationships with people. There you go. And our relationship with God. He was introducing him to this, and now he's introducing him to prayer in Matthew chapter 6, starting with the fifth verse. And would you like to read from your American Standard? Sure. Chapter 6, verse 5? Yes. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. What the Lord is telling us now, what he's leading up to here, is it's not an outward appearance. This prayer that you're doing is not to please men. It's to have a relationship and communion with God. And we're going to see that as we go along here. Well, I just backed up to the first verse here, Mitch. Okay. (laughs) Just what you said. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. You're not praying or giving to the poor. He's he's talking about the poor here, a couple of these scriptures also, just for a boastful sort of appearance to men. See how good I am. Look at me. This isn't anything about your fellow man. This is between God's heart and your heart. That's right. And he goes on here, just to back up what you just said, so in verse 2, so when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you. And that's what they actually did. They would have these people walking in front of them, blowing the trumpets and giving money, and look at me, see how good I am. And 
And that's not what the Lord says. That's what he wants at all. In verse 5, there at the last, it says, they have their reward. And I looked at word reward, and it says they'll have that reward now in this life. In this life, for all their boasting. So all you're going to get is the praise from man. And that's just going to happen right now. Yes. As we look at the giving as unto the Lord, or praying to the Father, those rewards are now and forever. It's the way I'm seeing this scripture. They do not have the Holy Spirit yet. Right. They do not have this born-again experience. He's simply just showing them a better way to pray that's no longer standing out in front of people and boasting. That's exactly right. It's not saying that you can't pray in front of people. It's saying, where is your heart at when you pray? Yes. That's the point I want to make here. It's a good point. We want everything to be from the heart. We want to be giving praise and glory to God for everything. And we're going to see that here in a few minutes. Go ahead and read verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There's that word reward. Yes. He will reward you. Terry, it's not talking about going into a a bedroom or another room and closing the door and praying and seeking God. Now, we do that at times, but what it's talking about is the inward, that spirit, that we're to be praying to the Father through that spirit and developing that communion with the Father, not with man, but communion with the Father. That's the word I was going to throw at you, communion, that union with the Father, that intimacy, that secret place where he knows everything about you, (laughs) and you're just open to him. That's right. It's honesty, isn't it? Yeah, It's truth. We're getting closer to where we want to be here. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Now, I want us all just to think for a moment. How much repetition do we do with prayer? This is not to condemn anyone. This is just to examine ourselves on how we pray. The reason we're wanting to examine ourselves is so we can grow in confidence, so we can grow in understanding. So when we go into that secret place, we understand what's happening, that you're in the presence of the Creator God who loves you unconditionally. And as you enter in, he knows everything, but he just wants you to acknowledge him and interact with him. Wow, that's a privilege in itself. It is is a privilege. And I like that, that interaction with him, only with him. Now, I was just thinking as you were reading those verses 5, 6, and 7, how this must totally blow their mind a little bit because (laughs) they were used to all their rituals, to all their vain prayers. They were used to all their standing up in front of man and having this wonderful prayer. And they did the sacrifices. They became very rote over and over and over and became meaningless to some people. Yes. So, oh, the Lord was doing a mighty work in a lot of people. He was shaking them up. The things he taught, he did it all in love, too. The question is, why do we pray then? Mm, That's good. Why do we pray? I've asked myself that several times. 
So you answer that one for me. <laughs> I don't have the answer. I don't either. No, that's not correct. <laughs> we pray to, to enter into that intimacy with the Father. And then, if you understand what prayer is, is that communion with God, that exchange of Him showing His love towards you, knowing everything about you. When you begin to grasp that. I think that we're going to get a, get a revelation of this, starting with the eighth verse. I was just pondering that in my mind. Do we pray to him to ask him for things? Do we pray to him to take adversity away from our life? I'll read from my New King James, Matthew 6, verse 8. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Again, my question is, well, this is another question. <laughs> Because it, it makes you think, doesn't it? The Father already knows yes. what you need before you ask. Yes, he does. So when we go to the Father, what are we doing? Are we telling him things he already knows? Well, of course. If he knows all things, you're telling him. So he knows all things before we knows even ask him. He knows need before you ask. You just read that here in Scripture. I did. But again, when we pray sometimes, what do we do? We recite everything that's going wrong in our life. Right. Basically, when we pray, we're telling him everything that he already knows. Sure. I guess what I'm getting at, this requires a confidence and trust and belief that God knows what we need before we ask him. We're the ones who need to know. Yes. yes. He knows. He already knows. So we're, we're seeking wisdom. Yes. We're seeking wisdom, strength through him guidance, knowledge. We're seeking enlightenment. That's what we're to be seeking, and we're going to see that when Jesus starts talking about the Lord's Prayer. Let's start with verse 9. This is the Lord's Prayer. Terry, I'm going to read the whole thing, verses 9 through 13, and then we'll go back and dissect it, okay? You bet. In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now there's several things that really, that really pop out to me as I was reading this and trying to to get some revelation on what the Lord wanted to tell folks and for us to grow in. And if you notice here where it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What we're doing there is praising him, aren't we? We're giving him thanks. Yes. We're giving thanks and we're praising the Father. Praying without ceasing is simply a constant communication in your mind with the Father, like just giving him thanks and dwelling upon him. That's communication with the Father. And that's what we're wanting to grow into. Yes. Because when you're communicating, as we see later on with examples we're going to use of Jesus, he was in constant communication to help him during his time of need. And we're going to see that. But he was always giving thanks and praise to the Father for everything. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Do you see what's being said here? is I'm wanting to do the Father's will, the will of the Father. That's what we should be praying for. That's what Jesus was doing all the time. He says, I'm here to do the will of the Father. Yes. And that's what we need to be seeking God for when we pray. 
What's your will? What is your will for my life? Well, we know what some of his will is for us. And that is, he wants us to spread the gospel, the good news. We know that. We know he wants to have communion with us. We know that he wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We know God loves us. And therefore, we're to love one another. And that's what we're to be praying for, is for God's will to be done in our lives. And the only way that's going to begin to happen is by our prayer life and by seeking God through the Word. That's where it all begins, in that intimate time with Him, knowing all those things you just described. You start with that intimacy, and then you begin to understand His love, His caring for us, never leaving us nor forsaking us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. All of those things become more real as you seek Him through that intimate time of prayer. And in that, he shows you his wisdom. Yes. Wow. The more we yield ourselves to doing his will, the closer we come to God, the more is revealed to us. Because we're denying ourselves. That's what Jesus was teaching us, to deny ourselves in order to do the Father's will. That is our walk now with the Lord. Yes. And with the Father is to do his will. His kingdom come. (laughs) Yes. So his kingdom can come. And will be done. And Jesus, go ahead. And Jesus made that possible for the kingdom to come. Jesus was that kingdom that came down to do the Father's will, and that's to teach us about the Father and pay the sacrifice for sin. It was done on earth and done in heaven. It's completed because he did the Father's will. I'm just thinking about this answer for what is prayer and what's it all about. It's intimacy with the Father. It's knowing God and His Son, Jesus. Yes. And that's eternal life. That's explained in John 17, 3. But that eternal life has come to earth and made a way for us to enter into that. Entering into that is knowing God and Jesus. Wow. That's his kingdom come. (laughs) His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus understood that. He understood in order for this kingdom to come that he had to do the Father's will. And he had to understand the Father's will. And that was through prayer. That was through communion with the Father. And it's no different for us today. We have to apply that to our lives. In order to understand the will of the Father and what He wants done here on earth, we have to be seeking Him diligently and listening diligently for instructions. Amen. It's really good. And Jesus was the only one that perfected that. But He's teaching us how to do this through the Lord's Prayer. Wow. Verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. And we're not talking about substance of food. The daily bread, Terry, is the truth, is the true doctrine that Jesus revealed that the Father had given him, that he loved us and wanted to have communion with us, and that the way, the truth, and the life came through Jesus. And I have scripture that I would like to read to support that. In John chapter 6, about the five loaves and the fishes. Okay. The five loaves and the fishes, and Jesus says this in verse 26. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, 
You seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Verse 27, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has sent his seal on him. I want to jump down to verse 32 and read this, 32 and 33 through 35. The reason I'm even focused in on this is because he's not talking about something physical that we're eating, the bread. He's talking about the spiritual life we can now have through Christ. He's talking about the spiritual truth, the bread, that we need to fill ourselves with daily. This daily bread of truth and understanding through prayer and through the word. Verse 32, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. That's the truth. That's the true bread of life that he's talking about here. Verse 34, Then they said to him, Lord, give us the bread always. So they're seeking this now. They're asking for that bread. Verse 35, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Now I want to jump over to John 6.63. And he explains what he's talking about here. That what is giving life to them. This bread of life. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. It is the words. It is the truth from Jesus that we're to be seeking daily through prayer. And when you get that, then you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) That's what's so cool. Because then it goes back to verse 8, doesn't it? I know your needs before you ask. That's right. He knows you get hungry. That's what he's trying to explain here in verse 8, is God knows your physical needs. Don't worry about your physical needs. I know you need a job. I know you need a place to live. I know you need food, you need clothing. I know all those things. But you seek me and trust in me, and I'll provide everything else to you. Amen. The bread of life, daily bread of life, and that's what this is referring to, is the truth of doctrine through prayer and through reading the Word. He goes on in Matthew chapter 6. My mind just jumped to Matthew six thirty-three, But seek First, his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Yes, that's good. All these things shall be added unto you. Don't worry about all the things. (laughs) Seek his wisdom, his righteousness, his kingdom. Seek his kingdom. Kingdom to come. The kingdom is here now. Yes. On earth. Verse 34, Terry. You mentioned it. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's from the American Standard Version, Matthew 6, 34. I want to get these two scriptures in our head. Matthew 6, verse 8. At the end of that verse, it says, For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Now, do you truly believe that? And also, I want him to meditate upon Matthew six thirty three, where it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things shall be added to you. If we can get those two scriptures in our mind, that God knows everything we need before we even ask him, and take no thought for tomorrow, just focus on today, deal with today, and the Father will take care of you. Now, do we believe that? We say we do, but do your prayers reflect that? Very good question. <laughs> do your prayers reflect that? And I'm referring not just to people listening, but to you and me as yes. well. Do our prayers reflect that? Or do we use vain repetition when we pray? Just by tacking on the name of Jesus at the end of a sentence doesn't really make it make prayer. It, no, it doesn't. It's, wow. it's a heart issue again, isn't it? Yes, it always comes back to the heart. And number one issue with the heart is... Are you having faith and trusting in God? Another way to say what you just said is, are you concentrating on the intimacy with your Father, that He does know all things, and He's conveying those answers to you because you're seeking Him? God loves us. He wants that intimate relationship with us. And just because... We wander off somewhere into a circumstance and situation of the flesh doesn't change his position. We can always move back into that intimacy with him. Yes. His arms are always out, oh, outreaching. I remember that illustration you gave of having the Lord's arms wrapped around the world, <laughs> just holding all of us. He knows our needs. Seek me first. Seek the kingdom first. It's a simple message. But because of the fleshly realm we live in, we can get distracted. But less and less and less distractions come your way as you focus on him. That's, that's good. That's prayer. Yes. That's being in communion with your creator God. You're not allowing your circumstances and situations, as you like to say, mm. interfere with your communion with God. Because I think a lot of times that's what happens when we go and start complaining to God, basically telling him all of our problems that he already knows, instead of having communion with him and praising him and thanking him, that he's given us the ability to overcome those situations if we'll just trust in him and believe the scriptures that we read and apply those scriptures to our life. When you enter in with thanksgiving and praise, that's where it all begins. Where would I be without the Father God and His Son? Lost and undone. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you thought I was worth it. That you sent your Son, erased all the barrier of sin, so that I could have relationship with you. In verse 12, that's exactly what it says. Come on. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Jesus paid the price for our debt. And understanding how that debt was paid for and understanding the love that God has for us, when it says, as we forgive those who trespass against us, who have done wrong to us, because the Father forgave us through Jesus our debts, we are to forgive others their debts against us that do us wrong and evil. And Jesus shows us that example. Yes, he sure does. 
the the people that were hearing this were just flabbergasted, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> Even Peter, the scripture where he says, how many times do I have to forgive my neighbor? Seven times? And the Lord said, no, 70 times seven. They couldn't understand or grasp what was going on here. Or they were trying to, but it was so foreign to them. Because of their traditions and the way they've been taught. And they didn't have the Holy Spirit. And they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They were having their relationship with God in the Old Covenant under a different set of guidelines or rules. Where now we have this new covenant with God through Jesus. And that's what the Lord's Prayer is all about. We now have this new covenant. We have this new relationship, a new way of praying to the Father. And that's through that Spirit, that Holy Spirit that resides within us. And verse 13. Now this is where people stumble a lot of times in verse 13, not understanding this verse. Sure. And remember, I want, I want people to remember, this is very important, that God loves us. He did not, from the very beginning, allow temptation. It was man himself who allowed temptation to enter into his heart and into his mind. It didn't come from God. But before we go into this any deeper, I want to read verse 13. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. A lot of folks, when they read this verse, they think God is tempting them. Right. He does not tempt us. No way. Satan was the original tempter in the garden. And he always is. I like that word lead. And I was meditating upon that word lead. Who leads us now, Terry? It's the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Who was Holy leading Spirit. us prior? It was the spirit of Satan, isn't it? Yes, darkness. Satan was leading these people into temptation. Was he not? Sure. And now they're not wanting to be led into temptation. That's what Jesus is saying. We want to be released from that temptation. Amplified says, and lead, bring us not into temptation. And how is he going to do that? And they don't understand this. No. It's through that born-again experience, through that Holy Spirit, through that communion we can have with God through prayer. That's how you're going to overcome temptation. And we're really going to see this here in a few minutes of how we can overcome that temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. Mm. That's what we're wanting to be delivered from, that evil one. Verse 13 was futuristic because Jesus had to accomplish all this before temptation be destroyed, before the evil one could no longer touch us. That's right. And they were praying. They were praying for this is what he was telling them to do. Pray for this. Right. Now this has been fulfilled through Jesus. The word that stuck out to me, and we touched on this earlier as we've gone through the Lord's Prayer now, but that scripture, and I can't find it, it said, pray like this. Pray like this. It didn't say, pray this. Mm -hmm. Pray like this. Yes. And Mitch, you've, you've given us an awesome explanation of the Lord's Prayer. Been a lot of revelation for me here. Your relationship with God grows deeper as you receive your own understanding of God's Word. That's our prayer for you and everyone who listens to these teachings. We'd like to invite you to partner with this ministry. 
Your tax-deductible gift will be used to duplicate these teachings and provide them to others. For more information about Today Forward or to order additional teachings, please visit our website, todayforward.net.